Welcome to the Hawks Report, the podcast from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that gives you the stories behind the score. I'm Lauren Williams, the Hawks beat reporter here at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, and it's a very special episode. The schedule was released on Thursday, and of course, trusty handy dandy producer Daniel Salerson and I are here to chat about it. There's a lot to go through and discuss, but if you're listening to us for the first time, Please make sure to follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. This is the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor. But I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show streaming now on AJC.com. Welcome back to the Hawks Report. The schedule was released on Thursday. Daniel, quick hitter. Just go ahead. Tell me one thing that jumps out to you before we get into the nitty gritty of all of this. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot to dissect here when you go over an 82-game schedule. Of course, you are playing every team at least twice, so every team has to go through whatever you are going through. So it is interesting for me when people talk about strength of schedule and all that. Again, you don't know what's going to happen as far as injuries and, and, and everything like that. The thing, the big thing for me is distance travel and all that, and a lot of the West Coast teams are the ones that have to travel the most. But as far as the Hawks, nothing really stuck out too much to me as we kind of brought up before the show even started i think just starting off you're going road home road home not the easiest way to start a season when there's so much kind of i guess back and forth but you are starting against charlotte i think starting against a southeast division opponent is important because those end up could come into play when it comes to a tiebreaker at the end so with Charlotte still being a team that is, I think, still in a rebuilding mode, and then your home opener against the Knicks, which should be an electrifying crowd, it's a good chance for this team to get off to a good start, even if it is 2-0. And I think in the Quinn Snyder era, you're certainly looking for a good start, and the, the Hawks have a, a good chance of doing that just from the first two games alone. Yeah, I think one of the things for me that stood out, and like you said, it, it's always interesting when strength of schedule, quote unquote, comes into play. I think the biggest thing is even though you are playing each team in this league at least twice, you do have to factor in those little things like travel, back to backs, you know, those pesky little things. (laughs) And um, yeah, I just think it's interesting how heavy on the road it is for this team to start the season, as you just said. I, I, I think that's the biggest thing that stands out to me. And then also just looking at the schedule, it just doesn't seem like this team has, you know, a good homestand until about January in this season. And so I always think, obviously, every team plays 
41 road games. But it's it's interesting to me. It just feels like the Hawks have a very road-heavy schedule, even though I obviously haven't looked at the other team's schedules to see how, how theirs shakes up. But it just it feels like they have a very heavy road schedule. It's interesting just from, you know, my days in New Orleans and looking at the schedule and looking at certain teams. And maybe this is just me being a conspiracy theorist for some of these things. But I think there are some method to their madness when it comes to scheduling certain teams that start off with more home games. I'm not saying that the NBA wants certain teams to get off to a good start, but I think there is something to that as far as whether the Lakers and the Warriors look at their schedule and see how much they're at home to begin and what their schedule looks like compared to some of the other teams where it really maybe doesn't matter to the NBA as far as what kind of their schedule looks like. I know that may seem ridiculous, and I know there's analysis they do all throughout the year to come up with a schedule with venues and what's available as far as concerts and uh, teams sharing arenas with um, NHL teams and things like that. So I know there's so much to it. But when we were talking about you mentioning how many road games there are, the one thing that I was just looking through, which I'm not sure how it compares to other teams, are home road back-to-backs for Atlanta. And those, I think, are the yeah. toughest for any team to deal with. And I think there are seven of those out of the Haw- back-to-backs for the Hawks, which seems like that's probably over half, which seems like a lot. Mm-hmm. You can deal with a home-home back-to-back or even a road-road back-to-back because you wait, kind wait, of know yep. the consistency of them being on the road, or even they might be against the same team and they're just staying in the same mm-hmm. city. But the home-road back-to-backs are so tricky, whether it is the home game to start or the home game to finish because that travel, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of time in between and to get back into your home city or into another city. I think those could be the disadvantage. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I think there are three in the first couple of months to start, that might be a tough challenge for mm-hmm. Atlanta because it's so hard to sweep a back-to-back so you're kind of anticipating you're splitting those. And again, you don't want to mm-hmm. be another 500 team like you were last year. So splitting games is not exactly what they have in mind, but you never know what can happen. But yeah, I think that's <laughs> maybe might be their biggest challenge is those home road back to backs. And interestingly enough, as we talk about how it feels like a home or excuse me, a road heavy schedule for the, the Hawks. Interestingly, they are. According to Positive Residual, which is an NBA calendar or an, or a website that kind of aggregates all of the calendars for each of the 30 teams in the NBA, the Hawks tra- travel about only 39,183 miles this that's season it? when you don't factor in. Yeah, I know. That's it. When you don't factor in, you know, potential travel to Vegas for the quarterfinals and semifinals. And finals, of, or excuse me, the the semifinals and the finals of that in season tournament there, and that is the eighth fewest miles among the thirty NBA teams. the The team that actually ends up traveling the most is the Los Angeles Clippers, and and they, according to Positive Residual, they travel about fifty thousand six hundred and seventy miles. So, as much as I I always thought that the Hawks got an unfair shake. According to the data, they did not. (laughs) No, you're right. You know, what's interesting is you mentioned the in-season tournament and just looking at December Mm -hmm. schedule, that could be, I don't want to say make or break, but you only technically have four home games scheduled for the month of December and the rest is on the road. Obviously, Mm -hmm. you could host a quarterfinal game, that in-season tournament, but let's say you're on the road for that and then you Mm -hmm. go to Vegas for the semifinals and the finals, it's going to be technically neutral games, but you're still traveling all the way to the West Coast. Mm -hmm. So you could be starting in Milwaukee or finishing up 
it for starting mm-hmm. off the month in Milwaukee and then going on the road, mm-hmm. coming back home for one day to play Denver, and then you're back on the road, Toronto and Cleveland, home for one game, back on the road for two, home for one game. So December is going to be a tough month for the Hawks as far as where they're at and like yeah. some of the teams that they're playing on that those road December trips. December and hold. March. December and March are, are very road heavy. But that December only having four games, um, that's going to be tough for them. So that's we talk about home court advantage. Yeah. Winning at home is so important. So they're going to have to take advantage of those those times that they are inside State Farm Marine and see if they can hold their own on the road in the month of March and December. Yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest thing for this team is that you just want to see them start things off on the right foot. I think one of the things that we saw last season is they didn't have teams that you would consider or or teams that were was expected to compete long term in into the postseason. I mean, they were playing Houston, Orlando, Charlotte, you know, those sorts of teams. But then, you know, they started things off pretty well, but then they ran into a really big stinker when they faced Charlotte. So maybe it's good that the Hawks are playing Charlotte to start out. But, you know, in their first five games, they went four and one, which is awesome. And then after that, we just started to see the kind of snip, snap, snip, snap. (laughs) And that team that, you know, we came to see end up back at 500, regardless of where they were in in their record. So I think the key for this team is just making sure that they not only start things off on the right foot, but they kind of right the ship as soon as things maybe go awry. And you can expect a team to go 82-0 and 0 in a season. That's just absolutely, I, I don't know, unheard of or just incredibly difficult. It's never going to happen. <laughs> but you just want to make sure that you know, you're not seeing them lose four games in a row, five games in a row, um, or anything like that. Last season, at most, the Hawks lost four in a row. So with a new head coach at the helm, you hope that they kind of snap that and and don't go more than that, you know, potentially not losing more than two in a row, hopefully. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Like a lot of those road trips, you need to try to go two and one instead of one and two. That's going to be the difference in this team Mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to Quinn Snyder. When you have a three-game road trip, let's see Toronto twice in Cleveland. Well, Toronto does look like maybe a team that's going to be a factor this year. You try to take both of those since there's a day of rest in between before you get to Cleveland. You play Houston-Miami on the road. Try to split Mm -hmm. those. I mean, there's certain things. And again, it's so easy for us to go right now and go, oh, you should win this game and lose this game or... It's all going to change even from the start of training camp. You're going to see injuries. You're going to see teams that are Mm -hmm. surprising you as like, wow, they're actually pretty good. There's going to be teams that um, are supposed to be good and don't look good. Um, There's going to be teams that are figuring things out. Like you look at a Phoenix Suns team that adds Bradley Beal. They might have a lot of star power, but -hmm. I think it could take them a little bit. They could start off playing 500 ball, and then maybe they click at the right time, and maybe the Mm -hmm. Hawks are playing them at a time where they're on fire. Or they catch them early when... You don't have to worry about them or other teams like that. So it's so easy and it's so hard to figure out like how the schedule looks compared to everyone else and mm-hmm. how they could start the season. You just don't know. And, and and hopefully all you can do right now is you take it day by day, game by game, and kind of pick out what games maybe look good and what stretches look good mm-hmm. and, and hope they can do well in those. 
Absolutely. And I I think one of the big things with the NBA is just things are always, you know, scheduled to change or or what's what's the um what's the phrase when you, subject to change. Things are always subject to change. Whenever they give out the schedules at the beginning of the the season to the media, they also give out the schedule for all of the nationally televised games in this huge Excel doc. So we get to see what channels or or where every single game is expected to play. And it's always subject to change. I mean, I'm sure you guys remember last season, there was an ESPN game scheduled against the Pelicans in, I believe, February. And at that point, you know, LeBron James was chasing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's, um, you know, points, all-time points record. And it ended up being changed from that ESPN game and they had to bring the Bally crew back in and it ended up being a Lakers Thunder game and you know don't get me wrong the Thunder they're an exciting team Shea Gilgis Alexander amazing player but at that time neither team was quite marquee (laughs) marquee teams Um, I mean to be fair neither were the Hawks but (laughs) hence why I think it got changed But things are always subject to change. So as things unfold in the season, even though the Hawks currently have, I believe, 15 nationally televised games when you're factoring in NBA TV, which I know a lot of people like to put a little bit of an asterisk (laughs) by because it's not truly nationally scheduled or truly national TV, that could always change. Some of those NBA TV games could maybe potentially be changed to TNT or... ESPN could pick up a game here or there just as things unfold. You know, maybe Trey Young and DeJounte Murray get really hot and they're the pick-your-poison offense that, you know, a lot of people expected them to be, and so they become marquee TV. So, you know, things are never truly set in stone in the NBA. So I think even though the Hawks didn't necessarily pull an opening night game or a Christmas game for, you know, the second year in a row, Obviously, that's not going to change because the schedule is set, but they could could get put on national TV a little bit more often than we see right now. Yeah, and honestly, I don't think that's something that I know some fans look at that and try to compare with other teams and why do they get nationally. Mm-hmm. T- but at the end, it really doesn't matter. I think, again, you're going to have. Yeah, you have the rivalry game that they have against Dallas. That's going to be nationally mm-hmm. televised. There are a couple other games. And like you said, things could be added. There could be a trade at the deadline which changes what they do mm-hmm. as far as adding certain games. And, and look, you just want to make sure as long as you have Bally and as long as you watch locally, that's the main thing. But it is cool to see, you know, the team on national television. But sometimes these nothing against these national broadcasters, but they're not paying as much attention to this team as others. And then sometimes you rather not listen. And then you turn yeah. your volume down and listen to 92.9 The Game or something like that. So it, it's one of those things that mm-hmm. it's kind of hit or miss. And for the Hawks, I think they... I think 15, even if it's just NBA TV and some national, I think 15 is pretty solid for a team that went 500 last year in the regular season. So I I don't think there's anything to really complain about as far as how many national television games they got. So here at the Hawks Report, we don't, you know, speculate on the future or what's going to change. But of course, we have to talk about what's in front of us. And we'll keep talking more about the schedule after we take a break. This is the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, an air freshener can make your car smell like paradise. A drive to Daytona Beach will actually get you there. Beach on. 
Plan your trip today at DaytonaBeach.com. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants a rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. Welcome back to the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I want to take this time to thank everyone who subscribes to the AJC and AJC.com. It's what makes all of this possible. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution does have a special offer for podcast listeners. If you subscribe today, you can get three months of unlimited digital access for just 99 cents. That's all of our sports coverage, politics, breaking news, investigations, food and dining, and so much more on AJC.com. Plus, you get access to our e-paper and our assortment of newsletters. So join our community by going to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcasts. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash podcasts. So you always know what's really going on. All right. So we briefly touched on that in-season tournament a little bit. And I have to say, I know it's kind of controversial because really what these teams are playing for is money. (laughs) But I have to say, I I'm kind of excited about it. I I think, you know, for a season that, yes, you're adding a couple more games to the season that's already kind of long once you factor in the postseason. But I don't know. I, I'm kind of excited to to see how, you know, this potentially helps camaraderie camaraderie on these teams long term, particularly when you're winning extra money. <laughs> I think that's the end all goal, right, is for them to take home that extra money and give them some incentive to play these games. Also a trip to Vegas. I think that's not a bad consolation prize either, whether you win it or lose it. But I think them doing it in December is also another way to create the buzz because a lot of people talk about how the NBA really doesn't start till Christmas just based on the NFL kind of mm-hmm. dominating until then. But this kind of yeah. adds an extra spark to the NBA season before that all happens or before the NFL season comes to a close or as far as the playoffs are concerned. So mm-hmm. I, I like, I guess I like the idea of the fact that Adam Silver always is trying to improve and always try to keep the buzz going. And again, yeah. it, why not? As long as it's not really, it's adding a couple extra games, but you're, you're keeping them regular season games mm-hmm. and a normal Tuesday against Indiana, you know, now turns into a bigger game for the Atlanta Hawks. It yeah. sort of counts double or a Friday against Philadelphia. So when you're watching those games or you're, you know, you're paying attention to those. It's not just a win or loss. It's okay. This goes into our, you know, our in-season tournament. There's bragging rights, of course, between mm-hmm. fan bases. So I think it might spark a little extra buzz. And if it doesn't, then, you know, you, you maybe you pivot forward. I mean, you don't have to keep everything the way it is. But Every I know they're trying for that it. kind of soccer mentality yep. a little bit of the in-season tournaments. You see in MLS, the League's Cup that Atlanta United was in. It just gives you something extra to kind of look forward to. So curious to see how it plays out. It could give some teams some extra days off if they don't do well and don't make the quarterfinals, which of short, of course, that will that will help them and spread things out a little bit. Could be a mini kind of all star break for some teams. And for Mm -hmm. others, you're playing some meaningful games, a chance to earn you some extra money. 
yeah, I, I'm there with you. And I, I think, you know, if, if you're, you know, some of those teams that are potentially hoping to have, you know, these long season runs, of course, you want to give your, your guys some extra rest here and there where you can. But I also think it helps you keep fine tuning what works and what doesn't work in your system. And I, I, I think that, as you said, there are ways to continue fine tuning it. I, I, I think that maybe the next step is seeing how it could potentially impact, you know, postseason implications, whether, you know, if you move it further down in the season a little bit, it can, you know, give you that, that one week buy or, or first round buy or, or whatever it is. And I mean, you still have the playing tournament, of course. So it's not as if you're not having an opportunity to make it into the playoffs, but it just gives maybe some teams who have some stars that are banged up, some extra incentive to, to really pull out all the stops in this in-season tournament. I think the other thing that's potentially cool about it is, is it's like you said, maybe the next step is, is a point system as opposed to uh, it just being for money or, or whatever it is. So obviously there's still ways to, to fine tune everything. Nothing is ever set in stone. Everything in the NBA is subject to change as we harped on earlier. But I think one of the things that kind of, you know, is really interesting is when you look at the different groups of the in-season tournament. And in theory, the Hawks are, you know, in a, a in a decently competitive one. It's them, it's Cleveland, it's the Philadelphia 76ers, it's the Pacers, and then you have the Pistons. And, you know, we know what the Pacers and the, the Cavs and the Sixers and who was the other one? I'm and, and the Hawks, we know that those are teams that have expectations to be in the postseason, whereas the Pistons are a bit on the rebuilding side. But again, when you have a young, hungry group, they, you know, maybe they kind of push things and and make it exciting because they want to get that that extra money. So yeah, I, I am really excited about it. I think the one thing that kind of, you know, chops my or grinds my gears a little bit about the 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 schedule with that is that the Hawks have to play the the Cavaliers, you know, in the middle of this big long road trip. And we know how competitive the Cavaliers are going to be. And so depending on, you know, how things shake out in those first 3 games for the Hawks, who knows what that how that road game how that road schedule will kind of affect them in the in the tournament. So yeah, I think that's the only thing that kind of irritates me a little bit, but I'm starting to sound a little bit like a homer here. <laughs> no, I get it. And again, we also don't know, like Philadelphia with the whole James Harden situation, what are they yeah. going to look like come November? Um, if there's still some tension with James Harden, now there's the rumors about whether Joel Embiid's going to get involved if you know Harden goes away. You know, it might not be all roses up there in Philadelphia when you're playing them, especially mm-hmm. at the beginning of the season. And you mentioned Detroit, you mentioned Indiana. I mean, they're very winnable games for the Hawks, and there could be a very good chance that they can make it to the quarterfinals and maybe even the semis just based on the schedule that they have and the teams that are in their, I guess, their division for these in-season tournament games. And I think also I'm a big believer in momentum. And yeah. if you can go on a little run and win this thing, I, that could be a, a something that turns the page for a team, whether it's the Hawks or someone else, that can give them some momentum mm-hmm. heading into the rest of the month, especially with how tough the Hawks' schedule is in December. If you can get rolling mm-hmm. and playing really well by this trip and potentially going far in this in-season tournament, maybe that's just what the doctor ordered as far as getting them on track or maybe them snapping a 
losing streak or them just yeah. riding some momentum that they have. So there's so many different factors. I think we'll just figure it out as we go, how it really affects these teams. Yeah, I think one of the things other than seeing how the in-season tournament plays out, I'm really curious to see how that first game against the the Trailblazers go. Because as of right now, August 22nd, we have no idea where Damian Lillard is going to end up. And the Hawks don't play the Trailblazers until the 13th of March. That's a long time. That's a long (laughs) way to be. So potentially, you know, maybe Damian Lillard is still in Portland to start the season, but by the trade deadline, he's somewhere else. But I'm also excited in terms of being able to see guys like Scoot Henderson and uh, Shaden Sharp, how they continue to progress as the season goes on, just because they're both pretty exciting players. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that West Coast trip just because the first West Coast trip, it's just kind of like a, a quick Sacramento Golden State. You're not really there for a full week, whereas the second one, you're there for a full week. You got to factor in Portland, Utah, both L.A.'s and then um, Phoenix. And then they're back home to face the Hornets on the 23rd of March. So, yeah, uh, that's that's kind of what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, that's going to be a big West Coast trip. You mentioned Portland. They could be in one, two, three Cancun mode already based on if they're rebuilding without (laughs) Damian Lillard. So that could be a good start to the West Coast trip. You're always trying to get wins on that West Coast trip. It's always hard Mm -hmm. to come by. Then that second one could be a little emotional. That's Quinn Snyder's return to Utah on March 15th. So, you know, he's going to probably want to win against his former team. And then the good thing about that back to back. Not even just. Yeah, right. Exactly. And the other thing is with these two L.A. games, at least they're a back to back and you're staying in the same place. So it's really not you don't even have to travel. You're staying in the same hotel. Mm -hmm. So that could be at least a little bit of an advantage for the Hawks instead of having to go a normal back to back and travel to another city. And then you end it with Phoenix. So that could be another momentum swing before you head back home for five games. How important that could be for this Hawks team. And then you talk about Portland being at home on March 27th. Mm -hmm. I find it funny. We were talking about this before. You play Boston on March 25th and March 28th, which is a Monday and a Thursday. And squeezed in there is a game against Portland, which means Boston's just going to be chilling for two days in Atlanta while the Hawks play another game in between, which is kind of crazy to me that they're going to have two days off in the same city and then play. You mean you don't think that the Celtics are going to pop out of Atlanta for one game and then come back? (laughs) Well, why would you just schedule them on that Wednesday and not? I don't know be Monday and Wednesday. Like, you're giving him an extra day in Atlanta. They're not going to pop out. No, they're going to stay there and hang out, which maybe could be to the Hawks' advantage. You know, Boston could have a little too much fun in the city of Atlanta. <gasps> you're right. You're that absolutely could... right. I just Googled it. They're here. The Celtics are here for, you know, just chilling. They're going to technically be here for four nights. Probably. Yeah. You know, they're going to get they, in the night before yeah. that Boston they... game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're gonna be there four nights. Live it up. Yeah, because they play the Bulls. Yeah, they they play the Bulls the <laughs> the game before. So it's like March twenty third, March twenty fifth, March twenty eighth. Oh my gosh, they have three. They have yeah. two whole nights off between the games. Yeah. 
<laughs> Live it up. <laughs> well, yep. I hope I hope they uh, have some fun at Magic City and you yeah. know eat a couple of lemon pepper wings for me. <laughs> if only Lou Williams was on Boston. That's crazy, right? So yeah, that is a weird little schedule blip for there for them. But I mean, the Hawks are going to be on a back to back for that. So I don't know how much a Magic City will give. <laughs> you know, give the Hawks an advantage there if they have to play the Trailblazers the night before, regardless of whether they're in Cancun mode or not. <laughs> Very true. But yeah, this schedule is, is it's it's going to be really fun. Hopefully I'm looking forward to. Oh, wait, we didn't even talk about the Mexico City game, Daniel. You're right. The Hawks are going to play the Magic in Mexico City. Can I change my answer? <laughs> you can. It's I your show. That's, I think that's the game. <laughs> I think that's the game that I'm most looking forward to. So if there are any Hawks fans out there who want to uh, tutor me in Spanish and help me work on that a little bit, that would be great. I won't be using much of it since, again, the Hawks are going to be you know, on a, a three-game road trip at that point, and it's the last game of that road trip and they'll probably get in the night before and so yeah so there won't there probably won't be too much use of that spanish but i'll still take the tutoring um but yeah i'm i'm really looking forward to that game just because one it's mexico city but two just like denver and and utah you have to factor in the altitude for that and so unlike you know sometimes having that extra day or two in utah or denver you won't be able to fully acclimate to to that you don't have like a training camp period where you can get used to it so that'll be interesting to see how the hawks respond to that i think the good thing is is that both teams are going to have to deal with it it's not one of those things like in denver where denver has the advantage because their team is always used to playing in the altitude the good thing is is atlanta and orlando are going to both go through the same thing so if you are going to have to deal with something like that at least with that neutral site that both teams are going to have to go through the same circumstances yeah, you're you're absolutely right. When you look at Orlando's schedule, they're also, I mean, they're going to be coming from Orlando because they have a home game against the Mavericks. So at least the Hawks are kind of in that time zone already. They won't have to adjust to a whole hour behind or anything like that. So, yeah, I think the circumstances are pretty even uh, with it being a neutral site, even though the Hawks are technically the road team and the Magic are technically the home team. But just technicalities. So, like I said, I'm really excited about this schedule. It's not like, like it's that much different from years past because you're playing the same teams, but not really playing the same teams. So, yeah, I, I think this will be an interesting season. I think the other thing that I'm most looking forward to is just the trade deadline and seeing how much you know, maybe this team changes between now and then. So, yeah. What about you, Daniel? Any last thoughts on what you're looking forward to seeing? I think the last thing that we maybe didn't mention is John Collins' return in February, February 27th, him returning to Atlanta. I think that's going to be a good thing. He should get a nice warm reception. I think he was oh, a fan favorite. And so I think that'll be a game that will be maybe a little emotional for him. But I, I think it'll be a good one. So that's the other one that I think will stick out to me. But other than that, I'm now that we're talking about, it, I'm kind of ready to go. So October can't get here soon enough yeah. so we can get cracking here. Absolutely. And yeah, the trade deadline, you know, I'm sure it'll be like in years past, just right before the all-star break. 
Um, so probably the week of February 8th, we can expect there to be some fireworks, maybe. But unlike last year, they won't have a game the day of the trade deadline. <laughs> so some of the, the chaos should probably be gone. But until then, this is Lauren Williams. Of course, I was joined by Daniel Salerson. And this is the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.